We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. All right. Was that good? I think so. We'll okay. find out. Okay. I, I, I think we provided insight. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of Rotowire.com. Talking some DFS soccer for this weekend with Jordan Cooper, who is going to be with us for... Hopefully this entire season depends uh, how crazy he drives me. But Jordan, welcome to the first preview podcast. I'm glad glad to be here for 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 the season and uh, to uh, to comment on the games yet maybe not give uh, player picks. <laughs> 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 well, no, no. I always have to preface for for people that may not know me, and it's it's one of the the things that like I think the difference between me and you, Andrew, is that like. Uh, you I mean, you're, you're the, you work for Rotowire. Like you're like, you, you're the, the, the general guy that could give all the basics mm-hmm. type of information. But I mean, you're, you're, you're not raking it in like playing 
daily fantasy. Like Correct. I'm not I'm not gonna chide you for only having like you know twenty bucks in play or whatever. Like you know you play you you do well. I don't think you're a bad player at all. But uh, but me, although I'm not quote a professional player, I do have a regular job. Uh, I do make a decent amount of income playing daily fantasy. So it's kind of counterintuitive for me to go, well, this is the lineup that I'm playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take my head to heads. It, it, it's it's <laughs> like any anyone I, I go by the, you know, the real estate investment type of scheme that anyone that's teaching you how to flip houses. Like, why aren't they just going on and flipping houses and mm-hmm. not telling you their secrets? So so I, I try to remain with a high integrity there that, you know, I'll chime in or whatever. But, you know, I'm you know, it's still up to you to put together the right construction, because a lot of times uh, especially in soccer, uh, everything changes at an hour before when the lineups come out. So, <laughs> so you're gonna have to know how to adjust anyway. So no matter what we say on these podcasts, uh, I mean, we could say look for this, look for that. Maybe this will happen, but uh, but the the change in one defender or one midfielder could mean the whole difference of rejiggering your entire lineup construction. Yeah, exactly. And so I think our conversations will revolve more around. Maybe what we expect, not necessarily player-wise, but uh, how <clears throat> we think it might go down. Like you said, one cheap fullback and all of a sudden everything changes. Guys who look like great values you know, may still be good values, but you, don't, you may not need them at that point, and you can pay up for a, a higher-cost higher, higher cost guy. We obviously have articles for uh, DraftKings and FanDuel that uh, kind of, I don't want to say they mimicked our podcast, but um, I'm not sure there was much added um, between the two. So hopefully this new uh, format will do that. Uh, We're going to focus on the main Saturday slate, which is the one that starts at 10 o'clock Eastern. So uh, those who are interested in the Arsenal Leicester match on Friday, and then the Liverpool Watford match on Saturday, which is the early one. um, We've got plenty of stuff on, on our website that, that covers that match. Maybe we'll have a cheat sheet for the Friday one because DraftKings is doing an interleague with the uh, League Un match that's in later in the day, which is confusing everyone because it's a Lyon match, and Alexander Lacazette still is showing his Lyon jersey on DraftKings despite playing for Arsenal now. But anyway, <clears throat> Saturday, um, we have a six-game slate. Five games are at 10 o'clock. The first one I'm looking at is Chelsea Burnley, which uh, should be as one-sided as it sounds. Chelsea's the biggest favorite on the slate. Uh, there are a few guys that are missing. Um, Victor Moses is suspended from something that happened in the FA Cup, which is always so annoying that those things carry over like that. Um, Pedro is available despite getting a red card in the Community Shield. Uh, Eden Hazard is out as well uh, due to injury. And so we kind of have Chelsea, who we got very comfortable with their 11 uh, last year, now having to make um, pretty big changes. The one that jumps out at me, Jordan, is the, you know, who's taking set pieces because... When Cesc Fabregas is in, he tends to take them. And when Willian is in, he can take some. So, you know, if you're you're going to want to target one of these guys, um, you also we also could see Michi Batshuayi and Morata line up uh, together. Um, so how do you think Chelsea lines up? <laughs> well, I think uh, the, the first thing that you, you need to look at uh, from, from a DFS perspective is that as the, the, top, the top favorite— uh, whoever whoever leads the line is going to have the highest goal scoring odds. So I think uh, the main consideration is whether or not 
uh, Murata and Batuai play together. Because I think if one, if it's just one of them, that person becomes a very good play in, in any format, pretty much. But if they both play, it's possible that neither of them are. Right. If you understand what I'm yep. saying. And also, with Murata not really being uh, really up to match fitness, uh, I could see Batuai starting, but not playing 90. Mm-hmm. Like, Murata coming on at 60. So understand that that you, you may not get a full 90 out of him. But also with the, the Sesk situation is that since uh, Baka, uh, Bayakoka, ba, ba, Bakayoko, Bakayoko. Yeah, he's not going to be available. Right. Uh, which, while you have Conte in, in the midfield also, uh, with Sesk is going to be playing deeper, so he'll have at least some of the defensive responsibility, uh, as opposed to when sometimes he does play in the front three. Mm-hmm. Spe- and, but, of course, the mitigating factor is that if Aspilicueta plays as the right win- wing back, he will have much more defensive. He's not going to get up forward as much. Uh, I mean, he'll get more forward than he would as part of the back three. Yep. But that may alleviate some pressure uh, from Cesc Fabregas. But you could also see Willian play, as or Pedro even, as that right wing back. And if that's so, that means Fabregas is probably going to have to play deeper. Yeah. Because that side is not going to be covered as well. So this, this is or what I mean by... By 9 a.m. Eastern Time, you know, these are the considerations you have to make. But uh, as, as the biggest favorite on the board at home against Burnley, who uh, is going to be expected to bunker, uh, I mean, th- you should have some exposure to this game somehow. I mean, in GPP, obviously, I mean, you could you could take three guys, but, but even even in cash, uh, it, unless it's some unless I see Sesk, Willian, uh, Murata, Batshuayi, all together, which and you could Willian playing right, which you could, and see <laughs> Willian as a as a wing back. It's it it's almost like you could try to pick one of them, or you could try to find better options elsewhere. And even though they're the biggest favorite, they may not even make your lineup in cash. Right, right. We have other big favorites, so it's not like we're we're just stuck with this singular one, which is helpful. The other thing is with Willian, it's it's more so with Fabregas and Willian, but. You, the crosses that you get from their set piece duty is is from set pieces. Like Fabregas doesn't cross a ton in open play because he plays so centrally, and Willian does sometimes, but it's usually not that high of a of a total. So that's the worst thing about them splitting set pieces is that those are their crosses. They tend not to have a lot in open play, which leaves you kind of exposed, at least upside wise, when it comes to to crosses. Well, that's that's why I think that the, the key thing to look for is what Sesk's open play responsibility is going to be. Right. Because you want to at least be drawing better to uh, shots and assists if he's able to be more forward in the attack. Willian, uh, like, you, you get safety in both ways. Like, Sesk, if you know he's going to take 90% of the set pieces, it's like you could go, okay, at least I could bank on five points. But, I mean, he's 7,500. That's yeah. pretty steep for just that. Willian, you have the safety from... Well, even if he doesn't have all the set pieces, at least he's in a wide position and he does get in the box and he will take direct free kicks like you're drawing there. But he's eighty three hundred. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's like it's going to be hard to play both of them. Like to me, if you can, if you play both, you're cannibalizing each other like you could do that in GPP. But I think if, if it comes out that type of lineup, I could understand playing one or the other or the whatever forward is up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, in cash, because you're gonna you're gonna see that uh, you it's it's possible this slate to play uh, a high goal scoring odd goal dependent forward because there should be 
uh, enough value out there that you'll you'll have the salary. Yeah. Yep. Opening weekend always sends some higher scoring games too, I believe. So, you know, people they're, they haven't locked in as defensively yet at this time. So, I'm following that. The yeah, obviously, I mean, there's more of a consideration of playing Willian and Fabregas than Batshuayi and Morata. So, but I don't think I'd go either. You know, either uh, duo. So. Well, I think uh, I think the obvious thing is that you don't play anyone on Burnley. Sure. Other than Heaton, maybe if you don't play anyone on Chelsea. Uh, yeah. Although uh, that being said, like Chelsea didn't create a ton of saves last year. Uh, obviously, Burnley kind of creates them on their own. But yeah, Heaton thirty eight hundred with you know if you just go with the ran you know their standard, he'll see a lot of shots. Then you know I guess he could see them, but uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not as well, I mean, it's always an option. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, hey, I, I'm, I'm someone that I don't I try to stay away from get, taking the, the cheapest goalkeeper and hoping for the best type of strategy. So, like, I'm, I'm not humongously big on taking, you know, the Brighton keeper or Burnley keeper uh, in this slate. But if things line up, especially in GPP, if you want to take a bunch of forwards, like I, I don't think Heaton is that bad of a play. I mean. I'd probably lean in the in the low 4K range. I think there are better games, like cheap enough goalkeepers in other games. Yep. That, but I could, I if so, if you're playing Heaton, I I get why you're playing Heaton. But I do agree with you, Andrew, that last year at least it showed that that Chelsea was a lot more clinical. Yes. On their on their scoring, so when they do shoot, it either is net, it's over the bar, or it's in the back of the net. Yep. Which is never. A good combo for goalkeepers, right? And Courtois, obviously, if you're going to pay up, uh, I mean, out of out of all these games, when you have Burnley away, because you take a look at the two biggest favorites, you take a look at Chelsea, and then you take a look at Man City. It's like when in doubt, I typically go towards the home keeper. Yep. But then you also get in a situation where, uh, a lot, especially Burnley, uh, who will not, will be playing purely on the counter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Courtois will either give you 10 points or give you three points. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, All right. Next up is Crystal Palace and Huddersfield. Uh, We mentioned, or you mentioned just before the podcast, Crystal Palace looking into go using a three, four, three, although they haven't done it exclusively in the preseason. So this is another uh, lineup or formation situation. We'll have to watch, which is pretty standard. I'd say for every game and every lineup that, formation really should be looked at but uh, on the left side there's kind of talk between either Patrick Van Anhold or Jeff Schlupp uh, and then on the right there is uh, Andros Townsend who could play as the wing back or forward in that front three um, any ideas taking set pieces for Crystal Palace uh, it's been a bunch of people <laughs> I, I, I've, I, I mean you, I've seen a lot it depends on where they lo- I mean it really doesn't it depends on who's in the lineup I don't expect Kabai to be in yep uh, I think uh, if t- especially if Townsend's playing as a wing back uh, I expect him to to in set piece situations to play back as a fullback yeah for that so I mean we're looking I mean Jason Punchin mm-hmm. I mean for 4700 if if he gets the monopoly is a great value. Uh, if he doesn't, I mean, he's also in no man's land because what they're going to do, I'm assuming, is uh, Melissa, whatever. Well, I can never pronounce his last name. The Mamara. Milivojevic. 
yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, well, because I have no idea in- if that's how you say it, but I'm just going, yeah, I'm going right, right. whatever. Uh, but because of injuries, uh, at, uh, and they don't have a lot of cover in uh, central defense, he right. may be playing as like the the third center yep. back, which means that Punchin will have to play very similar to what we talked about with the Cesc Fabregas type of situation. That that while even if he ha- like if he has half of the set pieces and virtually very small uh, open play value, like that's not a great situation to be in. The only thing that you have in your favor is that he's cheap. Right. So it may be worth taking that that risk. Uh, but uh, it really depends. I think it all it, all of this depends on where Townsend lines up. Yep. Yeah. But Townsend is also also expensive for what he does because he's he's. He's not a 90-minute guy also, especially with DeBoer in now. If, if he can't track back on the wing and, you know, the Huddersfield gets behind him, you know, they may take that. He may come out. Yeah, there's talk of um, Lokilo is his last name. Um, he's a youngster who I don't believe is in the DraftKings uh, salary scale here, which is a bit of a bummer because he is rumored to be starting probably on the right side of the attacking three, which... You know, if usually a youngster like that is 3,000 and you can slot him in in some lineups and feel comfortable about it. The other one is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who I feel like is going to be the great tease of the early part of the season. 3,200 looks so enticing for a guy. I mean, theoretically, if Punchin is playing further back, then Loftus-Cheek can play, you know, kind of a de facto number 10. But I feel like he's going to be a trap all season. Well, it depends on where he lines up. I mean, that's why uh, really looking at the lineups, if you have Punch and Loftus-Cheek together, like, you know, Loftus-Cheek is not a defensive midfielder. Right. So, I mean, now you know Punchin's role. Like, if you see if, if you see uh, defensive guys, if, if, if Millis or whatever the hell you pronounce <laughs> his name, uh, if he's playing in the, in the center midfield, then you know that he's he's the anchor midfielder. Mm-hmm. And then the central, central guys who may not cross a lot in open play, will have more value going forward. But, I mean, we, we haven't mentioned the main offensive guys like Zaha and Benteke, yep. which against the newly promoted side uh, at home, uh, I mean, I Benteke is definitely not a cash play. No. But uh, but as far as GPP is concerned, I mean, he's it, the crosses are going to him. There's no other person that would be in front of the net. And then you have Zaha, who with forward eligibility does give you some amount of floor that uh, he's on the borderline of being cash viable if you wanted Mm -hmm. uh, and also has the upside to score as well. Yep. Yep. He gets it more from drawing fouls than he does from corner or crosses, but those are actually more valuable. He's also going to play 90. Yep. Like Zaha is, you know, it's rare that he comes out no matter what the score line is. Mm-hmm. Townsend, you got Townsend is always the 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 hot, probably the highest floor, especially when Benteke's in because he has a head to cross it to. Uh but it really Townsend is all match flow based. Like Townsend right. I consider to be very similar to Mal, Ma, Mark Albrighton on Leicester. Mm-hmm. Like you used to look at his game logs and there's some game logs where there's 21 crosses. But yeah, cuz Leicester was down 2 nothing. So they're just sending balls into the box. I could see that, uh, you know, once if Crystal Palace gets an early goal, I don't think Townsend is running like a chicken without his head anymore. Right. 
Right. I think they, they play he they, he gets instructed to play more defensively, especially if he's playing as a wing back and he's not going to be sending a ton of balls into the box. Now, if it's 60 minutes in and it's still zero zero or Huddersfield even get a goal early, mm. I think that increases the value of someone like Townsend, assuming that he doesn't come out that, uh, you know, he'll get the ball and he'll cross it to no one. You know, <laughs> he's he's the he's the Crystal Palace uh, Jesus Novice. Oh, come on. That's not it's fair. The, it's the first podcast of the year. I have to mention the crossing Jesus. Not fair. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Uh, so speaking, if Huddersfield goes up, or would you consider like an Aaron Moy, who I believe is on set pieces for them, but you know, you never know with these. Elias Kachunga is pretty cheap as a forward, although I think Steve Mooney will probably pay off more. They're all, I mean, all the Huddersfield guys are pretty cheap. Is Are we basically Chris- getting what we're paying for? <laughs> Chris Lowe is, is yeah, an Chris interesting Lowe. option. Yep. I mean, uh, that's right. I guess he that, could take them too. Right. And you have, you know, Crystal Palace is not necessarily a great team. I right. mean, that could be a 0 0 clean sheet game. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're not in bad position. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with the amount of games that are on the slate, if this was a two game slate, I'd, I'd say, yeah, he's definitely, you know, definitely, definitely in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, if, I mean, if you need salary savers, uh, I mean, I'd much rather go for the for the two newly promoted sides playing uh, in this slate. Uh, Huddersfield has a much better matchup than Brighton. Oh, sure. Yeah. Despite being away, Huddersfield is away. Brighton's right. at home. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Crystal, Crystal Palace is, I mean, is only a minus 122 favorite. So, yep. I mean, essentially, they're played played on a neutral ground. They'd practically be a pick em game. Mm-hmm. So... You know, as opposed to Brighton, who's at home and still a dramatic underdog. Sure. Uh, so, so I, I mean, Hutters, you know, the goalkeepers in play. If you, I mean, if you think uh, Palace is going to struggle, especially with a new system and a new coach, uh, you know, their defender. I mean, for how cheap they are, uh, if you want to pay down there and then take, you know, three Man City players in GPP or something like that, that's definitely an option. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, the next game I've got is Everton home against Stoke. Uh, Everton, big changes in the offseason. Stoke, not many other than losing guys. Uh, Stoke lost Marco Arnautovic, who was probably the biggest name that they missed. Everton, obviously, without Romelu Lukaku, but added Wayne Rooney, Sandro Ramirez, Davy Clausen. Uh, we don't have to think about Ross Barkley on this slate, which is nice because he's out with an injury. Not nice that he's injured, but nice that we don't have to think about him. Ronald Koeman doesn't seem to be thinking about him either. Um, Everton obviously favored at home. They're not gigantic favorites, but... But Stoke is horrible. But Stoke... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. that. Thank you for laying it out because uh, I was going mean, to try to be a little nicer a, take, about it, but I agree. Take a look at their lineup. They haven't done it. I mean, they... <laughs> They've subtracted they without better. adding. Right. They got rid of, It's like, okay, we got to get rid of Jonathan Walters. It's mm-hmm. like, well, actually, it would look better with him in. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yes, yeah, Saito Barahino's does nothing for me. Um, they have Ramadan Sobi probably is going to start on the, one of the wings. Shakiri is the, the most overrated player I've ever seen, and I don't even think he's that highly rated, but it's always. it seems like I always play head-to-heads against people who have him when he has his big games, but... Anyway, um, so you're not in on Glenn Johnson this week. <laughs> I mean, there's just better options. I mean, I, I always consider Stoke is actually a much better FanDuel team 
mm-hmm. than they are a draft. Right, because they get rolled over. Well, I mean, because you have like Joe Allen. Mm-hmm. Joe Allen with the box to box, he gets a little bit more active for FanDuel scoring, but then shows up with two points on DraftKings. Yeah. And Shakiri is, I mean, I'll play him at home in favored matchups, but I mean, I think for his price, what is he, 7,700? Yeah. Like, I, I think there are better better options. I mean, hey, if you're going to take a Stoke player, he'd be the top guy. Sure. I mean, obviously, he's, I mean, he's going to take, all the set pieces, mm-hmm. just that with the uh, you know Everton's revamped squad, squad, which we still don't know who's going to start. I was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> it's still much. I mean, on paper, the talent on Everton easily trumps Stoke. Yeah. That Everton at least will attack a lot more. I don't know how many. See, when when you take uh, a set piece taker for an underdog team, it's not a matter of oh he has a monopoly of set pieces like yeah but what happens if they only get four opportunities right, like right enjoy those three yeah. corners and that's it exactly yeah the biggest thing with Everton is it seems like they're definitely going with some sort of three five two three five one one something like that but the right wing back spot has been occupied Tom, by a number of players Tom Davis Tom Davis right uh, Mason Holgate Cuco Martina is available as well um, none of them. I mean, Martina, at least, was a bit of a crosser at Southampton, although I think that was more a, a result of being at Southampton than being Cuco Martina, who, if I remember correctly, plays a little center back when uh, when he plays internationally. So, I mean, you obviously, if you want a piece of the Everton wingbacks, you could pay up for Leighton Baines, which on this slate, 5,300 seems like a lot. Martina at 48 is probably not even that great. Um it's more. Would you consider Davies at forty four? I mean, you're. I consider it a waste of a midfield spot. But right, right. If if he was if he was uh, defender eligible, you'd make a case. But right. to to uh, yes, forty four hundred is cheap. Uh, probably. Uh, I mean, I don't know his price there, but probably if he plays as a wing back, maybe a good Fanduel play. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, the way that the Everton Everton side is going to line up, I don't think I don't think they're going to be attacking on the wings as often. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, their best I, players are definitely their central ones. Right. If you see Klaassen in, and, 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 and like if you see Morales, like he'd be the one attacking from the wing. But I don't see, I don't see Davis coming and overlapping. Yeah. And anything like that, or even if it's Holgate, I don't. I just don't see, especially on that side. Baines is going to get forward. We all know that. I mean, he's priced accordingly. Uh, but also, you have to take take into account that last year Everton had Lukaku up top. Mm-hmm. Now you have Wayne Rooney up top. Oh, yes, Sandro. Yeah, Sandro, who's not, yeah, but, who's very much not Romelu Lukaku. Right, but I'm just saying it's not it's not a target forward. Right. So how many crosses are you expecting to see in open play when you got so much of better talent centrally? Yep. They'll play centrally. So how, I don't know, if even if Davis or Holgate or Martina starts on that side, how many crosses are you expecting? I mean, you get tackles, sure, but... I mean, who's the target in the box? I mean, I'd much rather if Morales is in, you know, just take him. Yeah. Or you take Sandro. I mean, they're, they're priced down enough. I mean, you could Rooney's a GPP play, but I mean, you saw in preseason that, you know, Morales takes set pieces, Sandro takes corners. I mean, Rooney actually, other than like I think the first preseason game, hasn't taken a set piece at all. He'll yeah. take the he'll take a free kick on goal. But other than that, it's been, you know, but the problem with Morales, obviously, is that he could only play, you know, 52 50 minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another one that bothers me. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's a great point about Rooney because I think maybe it's because it's Wayne Rooney people are expecting a little more. But, I mean, I, I'd certainly consider Sandro well before Rooney. And it is a little bit of a bummer fantasy-wise that Morales doesn't, I don't think, has a spot in the starting 11. Like, they're, he's certainly not playing wingback. So that leaves him kind of... Yeah, but that's almost a good thing. I'd rather it be Sandro and Rooney... And then just go, okay, I'm going to take Sandro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, sure. Right. Yeah, like, that, like uh, I, I, I never mind, uh, you know, having multiple, you know, set piece takers and offensive players, as long as they're not all playing together. Right. 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 Ah, makes sense. Um, speaking of set piece takers playing together, this next game, Swansea at Southampton. Southampton has number of amazingly frustrating players highlighted by Dusan Tadic who sometimes takes set pieces. Usually it's James Ward-Prowse. Sometimes Stephen Davis takes them just because Southampton hates all of us. Um, but the bigger question is going to be for Swansea, who will not or most likely not have Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, who is, uh, it's already been announced. It already, announced. Uh, Clement already said he's not going to be available. He won't be playing. Good, good. Won't be in the squad, nothing. Nothing, um, which... Uh, I believe you were the one who pointed out is basically what happened with Dimitri Pyatt last year, that Sigurdsson's on his way to Everton. No reason, you know, they're not going to play him now. They can't break him before getting 50 million pounds. So um, that leaves us with uh, a very big void to fill in terms of set pieces because Gilfie Sigurdsson took everything for Swansea. There was, there was no hesitation on who was going to take them for, for Swansea. Now uh, it seems to me that it's going to be Tom Carroll um, who, looks like a tremendous value if that's the case um, because even though Swansea are on the road and Southampton are fairly big favorites, uh, I'm not overly scared of teams playing against Southampton and maybe I'm just a little higher on Swansea even without Sigurdsson than others. Um, would you feel comfortable with Tom Carroll at 3,300? He's cheap enough to, ma- I mean, what's the, what's the worst case scenario? He gets three or four points. Three points, right. Right. Well, that, that, as once you get, as cheaper as they get, the more you you could take a risk. If he comes out and he's the but it's Leroy Fair somehow is is taking all these set pieces, uh, whatever is allowed. I mean, if you take a look, look at how many injuries uh, uh, Swansea have. Right. Lorente's not going to be. It looks like a championship side <laughs> without Sigurdsson in, without uh, the, yeah Dyer's out. I mean, they, they got it, it's it's not going to be good for Swansea. Regardless, I don't see them. I don't see them winning. I don't. I, you may not even see them score. Uh, the only the only thing is that you have someone like Tom Carroll. You also have Tammy Abraham. Yep. If he starts up top at thirty five hundred in the forward slot, uh, so you're getting Swansea at a, a much bigger discount in a at least a better spot than Brighton's in, and maybe a similar spot that Hutter. I mean, if you take a look at the line, Swansea is more of an underdog to Southampton than Huddersfield is to Crystal Palace. Right. So that should put things into perspective that Swansea is not going to be fielding a very good side. And I think that speaks more for the options on Southampton mm-hmm. more than the ones on Swansea. I think on Swansea, you know, you could take a flyer on Carroll because he's midfield eligible. He allows you to slot him in and then be able to pay up elsewhere. Yep. Uh, and if you wanted in, in GPP to go, let's I'm, I'm going to go Tammy Abraham mm-hmm. in a forward spot. And then you're able to then, you know, kind of load up on the high-end midfielders. Uh, but still, I, I, I don't think Abraham's a cash play. Even 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 no, in yeah. my, what, what I would consider my, my go-do strategy of the dinky-do, 
of, uh, you know, two cheap forwards that have mm-hmm. a floor, but he doesn't even have a well, – I mean, we don't even know if he's going to start, but I'm just saying if he does, he's not the type that in an underdog match uh, away is going to be shooting a ton. Somehow this horrible lineup gets even worse when we take Tammy Abraham, of all players, out of it. I mean, I guess we have Jordan Ayu leading the line at that point, which – yikes. Um, Cedric just played his first game back. Uh, because he was away most of the summer with uh, for the Confederations Cup. Do you have any hesitancy on him only playing 60 minutes? No. I think, it, I mean, if he, if he if he's already come back and he's already played, I'm always, I'm always okay. fine. That with, with, um, when it comes to especially cash on DraftKings, uh, I mean, yes, he is priced at 5,600. It's steeper than a lot of times last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't, there him and Marcus Alonso, who's really priced. I mean, sixty-seven hundred is really, really priced up. I mean, I can never blame anyone for playing. If you have the cash, if you put together your lineup and you got and you got fifty-six hundred left, you're always good with Cedric. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that. There's not. You never going is he a risk? He may not lead up to value. He may only get eight and a half points, but for a lot of defenders, I mean. Eight That's and a half good. may be really good, yeah. right, as in the defender spot. So you may be paying up a little more than you would, but if you have, I, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather play Cedric than go down to like uh, in, in like the Bournemouth uh, fullback range in the mid fours, high fours, and then play like a uh, slightly better goalkeeper. It's mm-hmm. Like, no, I'd rather, I just let me get the safety, especially southampton who most likely will be playing both austin and gabbiadini up top which is basically two targets right so if they're going to be playing in some type of 442 ish setup like that i mean what else do you do with charlie austin <laughs> I, mean, even, I mean you're gonna cross i mean it's gonna be cross city i mean Tadic will play at the at the the point you know at the attacking central attacking midfielder point and it'll just be you know what else are they going to do? I mean, that if it's just Gabby, even when it's just Gabby Dini or just Austin, whatever, it's still. I mean, Southampton are they they rack up peripherals. Yeah, like when it comes to like cash games on on DraftKings, like you, you, it's hard to go wrong by picking a Southampton player because they're never priced ridiculously up. They're never cheap, cheap. But I mean, even a James Ward Prowse. I mean, fifty eight hundred. Obviously, if he has Monopoly of set pieces, that's great. But remember, mm-hmm. he does play in a deeper midfield role. So his open play uh, value is limited. Uh, but, uh, but like, t- t- Tadic is the main main problem, is that you're going to pay 7300 If he has the Monopoly of set pieces in this matchup and he plays 90 minutes, I think he's worth 7300 7, The problem with Tadic is... That's never the case. <laughs> you never know. You don't. You don't know. But it, the only thing is, is that it's a, it's a it's a new manager, right? So so, Tadic is iffy to me cash wise, but uh, uh, but he does. I mean, for GPP, he has as much of a ceiling as, I mean, he has, in this matchup when Swansea's playing without Gilfie Sigurdsson, half their team is injured. Uh, it's, it's I, I he is he is as much of a ceiling if. He has set piece monopoly and will play ninety as 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 any of the Chelsea players. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm not, but yeah, uh, mm, I'm not sure I'm ready to take that step. Well, I, I'm just saying. But mostly, risk, right. I'm just I'm just saying that it could. But sure, if, 
if James Ward Press takes all the set pieces and Todd just plays 60 minutes, you're sitting there with two points <laughs> right. head against the wall. I mean, <laughs> that's why I'm saying it's it, GPP wise. That's fine. I, th- I think with Swansea being so depleted and Sigurdsson being that big part. I mean, he is their team. Yeah. Last year they're playing. I mean, it's it's a it's it's essentially a championship side. If you look at the lineup. Yep. And Southampton has I mean, they're they're pretty much all fit and ready and whatever. So uh, if, if there's any uh, game that may be more lopsided than what you would think on paper, I think maybe it's this game. Okay. Uh, going back to the fullbacks for a quick second, because the other reason to like Cedric and Ryan Bertrand on the other side, who doesn't have quite as much of a, not quite as high of a floor, is that the their midfield wingers aren't big crossers, whether it's Nathan Redman or Buffal. Uh, like, those guys don't cross. This is not how they play. And so the crosses are going to come. And if they're going to Gabby, Dini, and Austin, they're going to come from those fullbacks. So... I, I feel like Redmond is always the people get so excited about him and I just I never see it. And then now it's starting to creep up for Buffal And I don't know. I, I just don't I never understood the hype with either of those players, particularly on DraftKings, at least in cash. Right. Well, I mean, I don't think their cash plays anyway. Right. I mean, right. but fine as GPP. But the, you get into the problem, though, that if all of those guys are in. Like they all cannibalize each other's value. You can, you know, right. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't stack them. <laughs> But you'd have to take a you'd have to take a stand and go. I'm going to play Gabbiadini. I'm going to play Austin, but I wouldn't play both of them. Oh, sure, sure. Ooh. Or I mean, you could play Redmond and like to me, I, I think Redmond and Gabbiadini or Buffal and Gabbiadini go together. But if you're going to play Austin up top, I think Austin with Tadic or with Soares or Bertrand, because I think Austin is much more of a target forward than Gabbiadini is. Yeah. So you get the the goal and the assist. Obviously, that's just a GPP play, uh, but. I, I don't I don't think Redmond to Austin happens on a cross on a through ball, maybe on a, you know, he's at the end of, a, you know, he gets into the box and Austin yeah. sticks out his foot. But I don't see a cross happening. It's safer Buffal like Buffal. It's going to be he's going to he's going to dribble in and score. Yep. And it's and it's going to end up being uh, a, a James Ward Prowse assist on the pass that was 50 yards from. Home. <laughs> right. I don't know. I just uh, I feel like you're getting so much more. Maybe it's just because I prefer the safer guys. But 5600 for Cedric versus 55 for Redmond. That's that's not even a thought for me. Even, even yeah, but Redmond. Yeah, but Redmond's midfield. Right. I'd rather I, I'd rather higher upside in the midfield than like you're not going to for what you'll have to pay down on in defense when you're not taking Cedric. I mean, you're not going to take Cedric and Redmond. So you could. Ugh. <laughs> just take Tadic and be done with yeah. it. What you, what you do, Andrew, is you take you take Tadic. Uh, he puts up two points, comes out at 60 minutes. You say, I'm never going to play Tadic. And then next week he scores 24 points. Right. And then you say, okay, I could get back on the Tadic train. And then you go and slot Tadic in. And uh, James Ward-Prowse takes – he plays 90, but James Ward-Prowse takes all the set pieces. Uh, and Tadic doesn't score, so Tadic only gets four points. And then you're off of him because now – they're all in, so you're like, oh, he definitely doesn't have the set-piece monopoly. In that game, Tadish takes everything and scores two penalties. Do you know who the MLS version of Dusan Tadic is? Oh. Lee Wynn. Oh, yeah, there you go. They're the same wood guys. Chipper. Yep. Right. You throw them in the wood chipper, you take them out of the wood chipper, yep. you, don't, you never know. <laughs> you paste them back together, and then all of a sudden, yeah, I just throw myself in. Uh, next game is 
absolutely going to be the most exciting of the weekend. West Brom home against Burnmouth. Um, we are not going to have Junior Stanislas most likely, so that could mean set pieces for Ryan Frazier, could mean for Charlie Daniels. I'm guessing it's Frazier, though. Um, we have a big forward kind of glut for Burnmouth, at least. Jermaine Defoe is there. Joshua King's available. I think Benicophobia scored in every preseason game. I realize it's preseason, but the guy's playing well now, so who knows what we'll see there. Um, West Brom bolstered their attack with Jay Rodriguez coming in. Uh, they could start him with Salomon Rondon, which um, Rondon is the definition of your target forward. Rodriguez a little more, little more of a finesse. So Chris Brunt will obviously be in consideration, as well as Matt Phillips. Um, I think that's all I have to say about this game. Well, West Brom will have looked horrible. I mean, it's, but it's the thing is about this game, uh, which makes it interesting, but also almost like you completely faded. It's yep. one of the two is that uh, West Brom uh, are boring. Yep. Uh, when they attack, they cross all the time. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that they look horrible <laughs> uh, and they don't score that often. So that's why it's like. Like it's hard to take it's hard to take any of their forwards. Yep. Uh, but Bournemouth, even when they play away, don't really play defense. Yep. Like uh, how just I mean they they attack they they have no problem being a lower mid table side. I mean they came in ninth last year, mm-hmm. but like they they will they will push forward no matter what, and West Brom will let them. Yep. Like I could see in this in this matchup that Bournemouth is the more attacking side. Mm, okay. Uh, than than West Brom. Only because it's it's Tony Poulos. I yeah. mean, that all, it just comes down to that. So I think this game is on on it's the it's the lowest total. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so, because on paper it should be the lowest total. Uh, but it's going to be all match flow based. Like this 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 is one of those games that can be zero zero or five to four, depending on the match flow. Yeah. Um, early season West Brom makes me feel a little bit better than post 40 points West Brom. That's not, correct. Not that they're Man City post or pre 40 points, but uh, they did have some moments last year. I mean, there was plenty of times where we were actually excited about playing Matt Phillips and uh, Chris Brunt's upside is not nearly as high as you would want it to be for a guy who takes set pieces. But uh, I mean, they, they give a little bit uh, Chadley, I think, is probably I don't know if he loses his spot if he's the one who kind of has to sit if uh, they play Rondon and uh, Rodriguez up front I guess they could still play Brunt at left back but um, I don't know there I feel like you still never get really excited about playing anybody from West Brom <laughs> even if they were no. I mean they're never going to be the highest total but even if they were expected you're still not going to get excited about any of these guys. Right. But I mean, if they're priced down, like I could see, you know, a, a Neom, a Craig Dawson. I mean, these are not guys that these are guys. If there's no other defender, it's like, OK, they're at home or whatever. But what I mean by my match flow is that if West Brom scores first, the game is over. Yep. Like you did, like it's it, Bournemouth is going to cross a ton after that. But like once Pulis goes up by if they go up by one in the 18th minute, like the game is going to probably end one nothing or one one. Mm-hmm. West Brom will not attack anymore. Uh, but if Bourne, you know, Bournemouth could come out and score a goal early, which will force West Brom to open up more, which could then cause Bournemouth to score a second goal, right? which then means West Brom opens up more. Maybe they, because Bournemouth doesn't play much defense. 
So West Brom then scores. And then you that's what I mean. Then you end up and you, everyone looks around beating their head going, how did this end up this being yeah. a 4-3 game? Right. <laughs> that, that's why, like, if, if you believe that Bournemouth is, uh, who really didn't bolster their team much at all. But, uh, I mean, if... Jermaine Defoe. Get, uh, what do you mean? Really? You can add a 39-year-old forward who played for you in 1997. That's not bolstering? A three-year contract? Who gives Jermaine Defoe a three-year contract? Uh, remember when his career was over when he came to MLS? Right. Five you years ago? A three-year contract. You give him a six-month contract, if anything. <laughs> um, the one thing that is worth looking at with Burnmouth is how they line up because uh, Adam Smith's their most expensive defender and played a little uh, wing midfield last year. And, you know, we just don't know with Stanislas out, there's kind of a position there. Um, Simon Francis, who is 2,900 could be at a right back. And for a team that likes to cross from their fullbacks, like that's a, that seems like a pretty decent play. If they start Steve cook and Nathan Ake in the middle, Ake was obviously great last year. And there were so many times where, the initial lineup had him out wide, and then, of course, he was playing centrally. So, But also, never... Andrew, you have to consider on who starts up top. If a phobie's mm-hmm. up top, yep. it, makes, it makes them much more valuable. If it's Defoe and King, like, who, you don't cross the yeah, Defoe. Yeah. <laughs> the 5'6", 39-year-old. Right. So, I mean, that that matters. And then you may also get, a, a, if a phobie's in, you may get a cheap Mark Pugh, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's always for his price. He's always yeah. in play, at least in GPP. He could show up with a goal. He could actually take some of the corners yep. on that side. They sometimes split. Because yep. remember, it's still it's still Howe in charge. So you could go by you know the past two years of like it's not it's not just set in stone. Sure. Uh, so uh, I mean, I think Frazier's in play. I mean, sixty eight hundred is a bit it's a bit expensive, yeah. right? But I mean, it's a pick 'em game. I mean, it's a, n- neither side is. Fa- I mean, the draw is probably the most <laughs> likely outcome here. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but I mean, both sides. But West Brom, I mean, I to me, it's like six K for Brunt. I mean, he's safe. Like that's the that's the thing about it, is that you're paying six K, but you're paying for like twelve points. Well, no, you'd love that's to get points. Yeah, but that's his upside, right? That there's, I mean, he could he could show up with a goal. But I don't know if it, in this matchup, uh, but I mean, you're paying for Brunt, you're paying for nine point floor and a twelve point ceiling, right? So yeah, something like that. You know, you know, you're coming in that you're not going to get just a, unless he gets injured a two point or a three right. point. Right. At it. Like you're going to get with tackles and and everything combined that you know you get get a nice seven eight points. You're not complaining or anything, but uh, most likely not win a GPP that way. Right. Right. Ooh, boy, that's quite the quite the stand on Chris Bryant we have here. <laughs> uh, last game of the slate, twelve thirty Eastern, Brighton at home against Manchester City. This should be an absolute bloodbath. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is the most expensive player on the slate at ten thousand four hundred. Aguero is only two hundred back. Um, my guess is most people will consider Gabriel Jesus if he starts with Aguero, just because he's slightly cheaper. Um, the Man City thing is another one, and we, we kind of have it with Liverpool, that for GPPs, like, you know, it seems like you could have six lineups that are all the same, except instead of one, it's Aguero and not Jesus, and another one is De Bruyne, or it's Leroy Sané or David Silva. Um, I never feel good about pay, playing Raheem Sterling, so I just don't. But he can win a GPP sometimes. Uh, how do you—I mean, I assume you see 
see this like everyone else does that Man City should just blow them out. Well, blow them out is is I mean three nothing. I mean sure. I don't see this as a six nothing game. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean Man City also has a history of. You know, although Moraes is in goal now, so you don't have to deal with Bravo yeah. just flubbing something. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, one touch for the game. <laughs> right. But uh, I uh, but Man City's central defense is not necessarily considered to be the most stout. I mean, you got just John the opposite. Stone's they actually guys. prefer to or at least the guys out wide prefer to move up as much as they can. Right. So. Uh, so, I mean, I I think while well, well, you're you're bemoaning, like, how do you play them in GPP? To me, they're they're more of a mess for cash. Like, I mean, KDB is the obvious one. Like if he's going to be like, you have to sit like if David Silva isn't in and KDB is in like, okay, did he's, he's the, 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 uh, yeah, he's the most expensive, but he's going to take, he's going to take all the set pieces. Right. Right. Uh, well, he might split but, with Silva. Right. But I'm just saying if he's, if Silva's not oh, in, I'm sorry. Yes, you're yes. confident yes. on like that. But now when Silva's in now, 10, four, is yeah. steep, but yep. I mean, still, but say, but it's one of those steep, safe type of things. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, you're gonna get uh, you know ten to twelve points, but you're paying up out the nose for it. Uh, the thing with the the same thing with uh, Chelsea, that you know, if it's just one of Aguero or Jesus, they become a cash play. Yep. If it's both of them, neither of them do. And then uh, with them, as it, I think differently than Chelsea. Uh, I think in GPP, if they're both playing together, you can play both of them. Because Jesus, I find to be more, he'll, he has a higher floor. Yep. Aguero has a higher ceiling. But Jesus is much more active on the ball to draw fouls and, you know, cross even that, uh, that Aguero doesn't. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Aguero occasionally has, you know, the shot upside, but, I mean, you're getting him for goals, not... Or anything else but yeah i agree with that that jesus like you say he's on the ball more and when you're on the ball you can get fouled and uh take your shots and in crosses although i doubt we see too many of them um what do you think about paying up for these fullbacks it seems like these are the fullbacks we've paid up for in other you know mendy obviously in champions league slates or interleague when he was with monaco kind plenty of people played paid up for kyle walker when he was at tottenham danilo gets plenty of interest in Champions League and Interleague when he was with Real Madrid, even though he wasn't a prolific crosser. But uh, on the other side, we've seen Pep Guardiola's fullbacks not be big crossers. Um, so do you think those guys are worth the range? That, I mean, Mendy's at 6,000, Kyle Walker 54, and Danilo 52. Seems pretty pricey for players who may not actually cross. Well, I, well Mendy is probably not even going to play, right, so Mendy, you don't right. have to worry about that. Uh, but I, I'm a, I'm a wait and see, yeah. right? especially with Guardiola. Uh, yeah, clean sheet. You got uh, you're drawing to a clean sheet at least, mm-hmm. uh, and they could show up with a goal. I mean, they could show up with an assist or whatever. Uh, but for the prices that they're at, uh, I mean, if you if you if you said like, would you rather play Kyle Walker or Cedric? I mean, I'd play Cedric yeah. cash wise. I mean, easily until I see until I see how they play. Like you could, you could go YOLO and go. I'm going to play both of them, and and you get the clean sheet points. And if they start crossing a ton, then you know, now we know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's week one, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go by what what I've seen. So I, I I'm I'm much more conservative on on that front of like based on how Pep played last year, like 
they ain't worth over 5k. Right. I'd rather I'd rather take Leighton Baines. At least I know what I'm getting for 5300 on Everton with Leighton Baines. Like to me, like for for upside at least. Sure. Uh, the the thing about the Man City defenders is that you know most likely it's going to be a clean sheet, so you could add that three point. I mean, you're drawn to that very well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you, if you had a choice, Andrew, between uh, let's say uh, like one of those guys and uh, Aspilicueta if he plays as a wing back, I don't really expect him to cross much either, though. Even yeah, but I'm saying, back. but but I'm, but I'm saying that if if Walker and Danilo tuck in. And aren't crossing. Right. And yes, they get the clean sheet points. I mean, how many points are they going to have? Right. So, yeah, you definitely. Right. It's cheaper. Sure. In the same, and at home as a heavy favorite with live to clean sheet bonus also. Right. So, like, I take a look at that and I go, well, if Aspie is in uh, in a wingback spot and I'm, if I'm going to go for that type of non-crossing possible fullback, like, I'd rather take the cheaper guy. Sure. Yep. That makes sense. Um. Yaya Torre hat trick coming? Is he gonna play? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we that. don't know with this Man City lineup, and and also remember, we're talking about the late game. Oh yeah. Okay, so this this this, uh, I, I'm this is what I expect, and this, uh, I'm not going to like the player pick level, but from a strategy level, I expect, uh, this is I mean this is high level stuff. If you're in your head to heads or your cash games or whatever. Uh, obviously, as we all know, uh, you put the late game players in the utility positions when you can, mm-hmm. obviously. So you could switch from a forward to a midfielder or whatever you want. Uh, uh, if there's one spot left in your opponent's lineup, uh, that is going to be Kevin De Bruyne at, I mean, add up the salary. So like if, if it's, if it, if there's 10, five, 10, four, like it's going to be Kevin De Bruyne. If it's under that, it's going to be Jesus or Aguero. Mm-hmm. And depending on who's in or who's, who decide, I mean, people could pivot. But I'm expecting to see a lot of those type of lineups, either with the one utility spot open or a forward and a utility spot open, which basically means it's going to be two out of four different guys. Right. Because you can make the different combinations. That's That's the thing. Like, if you put like Aguero and Jesus together in one lineup, you can switch that out to like KDB and Sané. Like you'll have the salary to be able to do that. Or Silva and Aguero. I mean, like like the, these these are the strategic things that you need to take into account when you're going to build those types of lineups that make sure, because you don't know who's going to start until, you know, an hour before where all the other players are locked, that... You don't get stuck in a situation where uh, you banked on Jesus in that forward spot, and that's your only spot there. And then Aguero starts as the sole striker up top, and you don't have enough money for him. <laughs> right. So you end up having to go down. Hey, and then Sonny's not in, or Sterling's not in. You, know, you end up with a forward spot, and then you end up taking a Brighton forward because no one is forward eligible. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So, I mean, I'm just... Maybe, you know, these are the, these are the things you, you need to take into account. But I'm assuming in cash, uh, if a utility spot is open, uh, it's most likely going. It, it If you look at the and we'll talk about it on Monday as far as lineup construction, when we go over, you know, that type of slate review uh, on on what what to look at in the rest of someone's lineup in cash or in head to head type of things to let you know 
whether that utility spot is like a KDB or a Jesus right. or an Aguero. Because the it most likely in cash people don't play like three forwards. But they may play one goal to high goal scoring odds goal to like you. I don't expect to see a cash lineup that has Batshuayi, Benteke, and Gabbiadini, <laughs> right or so, right or something like that. Like like I could see what hey, I could see one of them. I could see you playing Batshuayi, but then but you play Batshuayi, but then you play KDB on on Man City, right? Like the the floor guy. You don't put the two multiple goal dependent guys together in cash at least. Most of the time, I mean, the sharper players, I guess. Uh, so by looking at the rest of the lineup, if you see like a that type of thing, then you could kind of guess if they're going to pivot. Maybe they're going to pivot if there's two spots left. There's two spots left. You kind of know that it's going to be one of the two Man City forwards, depending on who's in. But I mean, I, th- I think I mean, the easiest play in that game is the Bruin. Sure. But you're paying but you're paying you're paying up the nose for him. Mm hmm. But I think we've identified enough potential values that I think you could get away with it. Yeah, I agree. Especially when you don't have to play Sigurdsson at ninety nine hundred. Right, which would ha- if he and if he was in, he would have to be a must play in cash. I mean, it's like he's almost yep. was twelve k one week last week, and it's like there's no safer player. Yep, he's the whole team. That's it, it. No matter what, Matt. I mean, the only way that you don't play Sigurdsson is when like away to a top four side. And he's 12K, because even away to a top four side, if he was 8,400, I'd still probably play. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, All right, that's the Saturday slate. Let's run through this Sunday one. There's no no contests up yet. I think they don't want to crowd the lobby too quickly. But uh, it was nice for the Premier League to schedule your fade Harry Kane on a Sunday right in week one, so we don't even have to wait for it. the ha- we have the Newcastle home against Tottenham and then Manchester United home against West Ham. Uh, so we have a decent number of, of solid options. Christian Eriksen seems like he's probably the, the easiest play in terms of cash. Because um, with Manchester United, I feel like we're always left with who's taking set pieces. I mean, we saw Rashford take a few last year. Mkhitaryan can take them. Mata if he's in. Blind if he's in, although it looks like Mateo Darmian's won that left back spot. Um, Ander Herrera. Ander Herrera took some in the um, what was that stupid game they just played? Club World, or, no, the other one. Oh, the Super Real Cup. Madrid. Super Cup. Or, thank you, yeah. or whatever it's called. Um, so, I feel like those are such a mess. Um, you know, it's not going to be Lukaku or Pogba, so we have that going for us. But uh, and then on for West Ham, we assume it's going to be Lanzini. Um, I think Antonio is out. Do I remember that correctly? No, I'm starting. Uh, I mean, I think or he's questionable. Yeah, or questionable. Some, something yeah. like that. Uh, Most likely not going to feature. Right. Um, I'm not sure how many West Ham guys you're really going to play. Um, it's hard. It's hard on to the price. Ev- yeah. It hard. It's hard to ever play. I mean, we saw this last year. Uh, which same you got Mourinho there. Uh, a lot of times it's hard to play anyone against Man United, no matter if they're home or away. Right. Because Man United tend to just suck up possession so much that it just doesn't give attacking opportunities right. as much. Right. So like I take a look at Lanzini and go, well, how many set piece opportunities will he be getting mm-hmm. for the pr- now? We don't even know the prices, but I'm going to going to assume Lanzini is going to be seven k. I was about to say, yeah, that's seven thousand range, right? right? Right. If Lanzini was 4,800, then go for it. Right. Why not? But just how many 
how many opportunities he's going to get. And they're not going to have that much of the ball. Even if Man United lose, they're not going to have much of it. I mean, it'll be 70-30, and it'll be, uh, you know, Chick- Chicharito will score yeah. on a on a counter. Yep. That'll be it. So, I mean, I take a look at this and go, like, I mean, do you take a do you, fullbacks even? Like, no. I just, I, I typically don't like playing anyone against Man United when they play so much possession. And then you look at Man United and go, it's I, I it's hard to play anyone on Man United. Right, right. I think Lukaku is the only one you could be comfortable with. Right. Well, I think I think this year's uh, uh, storyline is going to be uh, fade Lukaku on a on a Sunday and lose. I'm going to play Kane this this year. I'm playing oh, on Sundays. Breaking news. Well, I think in, I, I I think in this uh, in, in this matchup, I think I'm more likely to play against Newcastle's crap defense. I mean, like Man, more, Man United home against uh, West Ham, though. I mean, West Ham's defense isn't that great. But I trust uh, Kane to get more shots than Lukaku. Okay. All right. Or just it's the narr- I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the, what you do with Dusan yeah. Todd. Yeah. I'm going. Well, I now I have to take Kane on a Sunday. Right. Okay. And, and I'm going to take Kane. He's going to get two points. Yeah. Lukaku's going to get a brace. Yep. And then the next week I'm going to go. Okay. Now I'm getting back to my normal fade Kane, and then he's going to score four. Goals. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, at least we know now when you'll. Play but I think him. I think there are more co- options on Newcastle. Than on I, any of the other teams. I agree. Well, uh, how far are you really going? You're going Matt, well, Ritchie, Matt Ritchie. And after that, everybody's cheap, most likely. But I'm, I, how, the how first, deep are you going? The first year of DFS, I made a lot of money playing Iosi Perez. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I did. He went on because he, he took set pieces for a while. Yeah. Boxing Day, my big Boxing Day win was all Iosi Perez. Oh, my God. <laughs> But he's probably going to be cheap. I mean, I'm expecting him to be like 4,200. But I'm saying you're going to need two forwards. So what two fo- – like you take a look. Like unless you're going to play Kane and Lukaku. I was just about to say, what? I think you're going to play Kane and Lukaku. I guess you can't with Erickson. Yeah, but how do you do that and then you yeah. fit Erickson in? Yeah, you can't. Right. That's you're what. Right. Why do you – see, you're making fun of me of like, well, you're not going to play Lukaku. You're going to play Kane. Like you're going to need two forwards. So you're going to uh, – you're probably not going to play Chicharito. So if anything, you're going to play either Kane or Lukaku with – like a Yosi Perez. Oh God! And then play Erickson, and then you know, Mkhitaryan or Ma, or whoever for like the non-goal dependent guy for Man United. To me, that's more of a viable construction because once you fit Kane and Lukaku, Kane, Lukaku, Erickson, yeah, who's you, who? I mean, then you have to take the cheapest. You have to take uh, West Ham center backs, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm looking at it from that perspective. Like I'm not like it seems odd to like well not taking Lukaku it's like like well because I'm going to take two men I'll take Herrera and I'll take you know Herrera and uh you know Darmion or something yep. like that he won't be and cheap then, actually or whatever but I'm just saying a cheap like I'm not going to take a high-priced Man United guy right but I have no problem taking Kane and uh, yep. and Erickson together yep. against the Newcastle defense yep because I think Kane has more of a floor than Lukaku does uh I think I've always viewed them very similarly. So certainly by the end of last season, his floor was decent, but he's but not always to, a guy who's going to take a ton of shots. But you're going to have to do one of the two. So, I mean, sure, like, sure. that's fine. So, so you take the cheap forward, you know, plus uh, Lukaku, but you end up in the same spot. So, I mean, then you take Erickson and then you're still stuck for, you know, what what midfielder's worth anything. 
And you get once you say, okay, I'm going to take Mkhitaryan, who's probably going to be 8100, and then you'll you're done there also. Mm-hmm. Then that you're stuck with you could consider. At yeah, but he's going to be 8K. All, I mean, right. you can't take an 8K guy. You have to find someone oh. in like the 5K yes. midfield range. And who the hell is that? John Joe I Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> you're oh. making fun of me for Iosi Perez, and you're bringing up John Joe? <laughs> I thought it was appropriate to bring him up since we started talking about right. it's winning the same a ton Newcastle of money with Iosi Perez. Other than Matt Ritchie, I'm looking and done. It really is still, the same. It's still the full. I mean, well, because they haven't given Rafa Benitez any type of transfer budget. Right. Yeah. Rob Elliott. Right. Mitrovic. I mean, it's the same team from two years ago. Yikes. Um, all right. That's all we got. You uh, any more player picks? Uh, no. <laughs> did I? Did, were, were there any player picks? I'm not sure. I'm, did I there were a lot any? of players named. Right, there's a lot way. of players' names, and we know you're t- playing Kane on Sunday. No, not necessarily. It depends on the, when the lineups come out because uh, we're going to get Newcastle. Hey, Newcastle. Once Iosi Perez isn't in that lineup, I'm going to buy my head. Yeah, you, you have no idea what to do once Iosi right, Perez right. is out. I'm going to have to take it. It's the early game. Like uh, I'm going to yeah. have to take because uh, you know. Well, you know, Lukaku is going to be in. Yeah. So I mean, but I'm just saying, like I can I. It's going to be. It's either going to be a Newcastle foe. It's going to be someone that's forward eligible from that game. Rather than wait and then get screwed. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Jordan, thank you for that. If everybody or anybody wants to ask any more follow-up questions on this, you can find Jordan on Twitter at BlenderHD. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. We'll have, we already have our cheat sheet up on rotowire.com slash soccer. The FanDuel article is up. DraftKings will be up later today. So, Jordan, thanks, and uh, I guess good luck this weekend. I should be nice to you as well. Good luck. Right, and I'll send you the head-to-head so we could go over it on, uh, on Monday. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.